Alexis is a conqueror. No, I'm Alexander. He's no Alexander. I'm the best ever. There's never right. been anybody as right. I'm Sonny Liston. I'm Jack Dempsey. There's no one like me. I'm from their club. There's no one that can match me. My style is impetuous. My defense is impregnable. And I'm just ferocious. I want your heart. I want to eat your children. It was just banter. Stay off the weed. And England win on penalties. History in itself. You know, I think it's a great city. I think they got the best organization in the NBA. But they do have some big old wins. I'm here with the winner, Derek Lewis. Derek, why don't you take your pants off? Balls are fun. I understand. Come on, take it quickly, Reggie! Yes, good match. No money's in the fucking reserves. Listen, I ain't gonna forget about this by the time we get the Hello and welcome to episode 203 of the Spitballing Pod. I'm Luke Byron, joined as always by Tom Kennett, Jack Harper and Alex Jones. Plenty to get into this week, despite it being the international break. We've got news of the week. Which nation has the deepest talent pool in world football? A bit on Sergio Ramos after he's hit 100 goals for Real Madrid. Which players surprised us the most with their ability compared to when we first saw them to their peak or how they are today? And we'll get into the Tony Cruz and the Bamiang feud that's been going on for the last couple of days. So, news of the week. East Hedam woman fights Coyote off with pitchfork and is aided by a donkey. <laughs> Feels like a really bad episode gone wrong, that. <laughs> Roadrun has finally got his revenge. They may kind of like she's in a really tough situation here. She's armed with a pitchfork. This Coyote isn't armed with a pitchfork, you'd hope. Oh, coyotes aren't, like, that dangerous, are they? They're just like dogs. Are they not? Am I wrong here? To be fair, a wild dog can do you some damage. Yeah, that's true, but you would probably hedge your bets if you had a pitchfork. On their own yeah. as well. Don't they normally go in packs? On his own, you got to bat yourself. Yeah, exactly. Do you think a pitchfork, though, is pretty big, so it might be like trying to swat a fly, like, in, in, in relative terms. By the time you get to the fly it's it's too quick for you so swinging that pitchfork around you might struggle to connect with a coyote all i'm saying if i come up against a coyote and i have a pitchfork back me <laughs> it might be like you know you play fight night and you you swing one of your haymakers and you know the second you you miss one it's yeah, about yeah. to get pinged with a big <laughs> one back and that could be what a coyote is like i think you'd go for the stabbing motion wouldn't you the kind of like no swinging, just stabbing. Yeah, trying to spear a fish type. Um, Florida man invents robot to insert and remove contact lenses. That's not what I expected Florida man to do. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's, he's gone to college and all sorts. It's tough putting contact lenses in and out as it is, let alone allowing a robot to do it, and let alone allowing a robot from Florida to do it. Yeah. I, I remember when the craze was at Halloween to wear those kind of contact lenses that changed your eye colour. And having never put contact lenses in before, I bought some, like 10 quid. 
And I went to do it and I it's physically couldn't keep my eye open to put it in. So what a waste of money that was. I'm I pretty sure TK had size as well. I can't uh, even just imagine him putting in contact lenses. I can touch my eyeball, fine. Oh, no. I've seen a close friend of mine after a night out try and fish out a contact lens oh. only to find that he'd already taken them out the night before. He did that and ended up in A&E. It was, yeah, it was the, the grossest thing. I'm just seeing pinching his own eyeballs. Like, oh. What they did is, um, so I don't think I got them out before sleeping, but at some point I got them out, but I rubbed my eyes that much that they were that swollen. I didn't feel that the contact lens had come out. But in A&E, the way they checked is uh, almost like, a, like an earbud. Um, they just dragged it across my eyeball. Oh to see if there was anything on there that, that they could get off. That's fucking grim. I'll tell you what, the, the, the development of that headline is Florida man allows robot to remove or put in contact lenses and gouge his eye out. <laughs> I, f- I feel like, although we've kind of been born ginger, TK, I feel that the fact that we don't have to touch our eyes on a daily basis is the big bonus here. <laughs> that evens it out. Yeah. Well, you don't have to if you wear glasses first. You don't have to wear <laughs> contact lenses. My eyes are that bad that I actually can't get contact lenses that are suitable. Wow. I mean, we live in an age where wearing glasses is pretty cool anyway, for some reason. And, like, you've got people wearing actual, like, lensless glasses and stuff. Well, so. I, w- I went through the reactor light lens phase where you go out in the rain and you've got sunglasses on. Oh, it's a nightmare. There was a guy I used to work with, he used to go out for a fag and he used to come back in and he'd be wearing shades. More around looking like Daredevil. Yeah, we called him Neo until they went back to normal. Sign of the times alone there. Yeah. Um, Man's accidental purchase of identical lottery tickets doubles prize. Surely that's just like one the pot split though. Well, you think if it's split between several people and you've got two lots, say it's split between four people and you've got two tickets. Um, DC liquor stores sell more champagne after Trump lost than on the last two New Year's combined. Blimey. (laughs) Body found in Canada identified as neo-Nazi spam king. Spank it. it so we had the we've had the Russian sausage lord get whacked <laughs> in a sauna, and now the neo-Nazi spam king has been taken care of too. So it's not like email spam; it's actual spam. <laughs> I'd assume so. <laughs> um, one for you, Alex. Here, bicycle race ends badly for participant after he crash lands into thorny cactus bush in Buenos Aires. Yeah, I've seen this. Just like a cartoon, isn't it? That's, <laughs> awesome. that's exactly what I thought of, mate. 100%. There's no need anywhere for a cactus bush. It's only for a cactus as it is, let alone on a cycling path. These are like file cacti under the things that childhood films really thought made me think would be a bigger problem in later life. <laughs> Leeches and quicksand. And a gigantic Venus flytrap. Like yeah, yeah, that as well. <laughs> Should um, really point out their choice of cycling route was the issue here, yeah. rather than the cactus. Or they just him not anywhere. staying on his bike. Yeah, How cyclists want to tell us how skilled they are. They can't even stay on the two wheels. 
<laughs> it's, it's a little bit like taxi drivers and bus drivers. How are they still shit at, the, at driving? Surely just That's... by accident you would get good at this. I saw Staying tweet... on a bike by accident, surely you'd eventually get good at it. But apparently not. I saw the tweet get unearthed yesterday of someone uh, mess- tweeting Chris Froome saying how shit he is that he doesn't even do wheelies and uh, <laughs> any other tricks on his bike. Just goes around in a circle. Um, he's mad because he knows it's Thanksgiving. Turkey harasses neighbourhoods, reports CBS Boston. BMW's new electrified wingsuits can fly at speeds of 300 kilometers an hour. That sounds like fun. Who's testing that? I don't trust myself on rollerblades, let alone a <laughs> 300 kilometer an hour wingsuit. <laughs> Get Florida man on it. <laughs> With his contact lenses in. Um, <laughs> school asked parents to swap for it. School asks parents to stop throwing late students over closed six foot gate. <laughs> I'll be banging in trouble, fucking <laughs> uh, Portland's iconic Powell's Books is selling a warm paper scented unisex fragrance. Well, I won't be buying that. Oh, warm paper smells nice. I saw an advertisement for um, uh, a perfume which makes you smell like Zac Efron the other day. I dread to think what type of Zac Efron that is. What type of it? It really does depend on role as well. If it's when he was playing <laughs> Ted Bundy. Yeah, yeah. What? Charming <laughs> guy for all intents and purposes. To be fair, ladies <laughs> did love him. He was a shagger. Um... McDonald's unveils new meatless menu line dubbed McPlant. People have been quite angry about this. I don't know why. It's the same as the Greg sausage roll one. I think I had um, one of those work lunches you can get from Greg's and someone had taken out my sausage roll and put in a vegan one. I honestly couldn't taste the difference. Well, people are saying like they already have vegetarian stuff at McDonald's. Like, you could only yeah. have one option if you're. Uh, if, if it's the, if it's uh, plant based, it's more likely that it's uh, vegan friendly now because vegetarian isn't vegan, so it's probably that. Do you still get <clears throat> vegetarians anymore? I feel like you're not woke enough if you're just a vegetarian and not a vegan. I was saying to someone the other day, what happened to vegetarians? They just died out. Suddenly, it was either you were vegan or you were, you know, yeah, an awful human being. <laughs> I think, I think you still you still get them, but they're not really labelled as vegetarians anymore. They're just people who don't eat meat because. There's a guy who's joined my work, and I can't think of the, the phrase for it. Um, it's like, essentially... He likes men? Is that what you're <laughs> <laughs> he won't eat um, anything that's, like, farmed, so... He only eats things in the wild, so like roadkill, like pigeon, wild boar. And this is apparently a type of diet. It was called like obstructitarian or something along the... I'd never heard it before. So in other words... What the so, hell? So, so, so like he won't eat any farmed animals. Yeah, so in other words, he's trying to... in the wild. 
yeah, he's trying to avoid human tampering, except from is if he is if he is eating things like roadkill and stuff like that. Technically, that is human tampering still because it's roadkill. Yeah, it's. I'm just. I got it's told about this woman who used to eat roadkill, and apparently, once she uh, to the point where someone came in and said they saw a deer on the side of the road on their way into work. She asked where it was and went out on a lunch break and went and got it. <laughs> Get to the fucking meat counter, love. Come on. Some might say that's resourceful. That is, but it's fucking weird going out of your way to go get it. I can't see what it's called. Um, but it was a weird, it was like obstructitarian or something like that. Anyway. The thing is, like, if she comes like, <laughs> you're, you're, you're their superior and you question them why they're late getting back to work on the lunch break. <laughs> so why are you late for, oh, to go and pick a dead deer off the side of the road? I mean, you don't really... I don't think you really come back and question that. You just sort of let it go. It's not like, she's covered in blood. Okay, <laughs> you carry on, love. It's like, uh, I don't really want to find out how far this woman's willing to go. After 3,000 hours, a pet fish has completed Pokemon Ruby. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Ruby is difficult as well, if I remember. It's like 3,000 hours. <laughs> They're all the same bloody level. They're all the same difficulty, really. It's a fish. Yeah, that is a good point. The crucial detail. <laughs> uh, woman recovering from serious injuries after being hit with an egg. With a, with a what? Egg. I thought you said A. And I was like, no. what? No, an egg. an egg. What What egg are we talking here, though? Are we talking like an ostrich egg? Doesn't read. Doesn't read, does he? She should count herself lucky. I mean, Jack, Jack will remember in the tennis courts at school, there was a phase where apples were just thrown full pelt <laughs> across there. <laughs> I, I remember Fantastic. An, an orange being thrown. And it hit someone in the eyes and it burst. And that person sank to their knees and just screamed, My eyes! <laughs> like out of the film. I remember someone being hit in the head with an apple and um, he started crying and walked away. It was in our year. And people were laughing like it was outrageous considering <laughs> he'd just been pinged in the head with an apple. I think I tell you, 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 you get pinged in the head. You get pinged in the head by a Brayburn apple. That's going to hurt. You know, go for a pink lady. It's whenever hurt, no matter what apple you get hit in the head with. The brand is not important. The, the phase used to be where you would get your fruit and you'd stand outside the cage. And then if someone walked past, you would launch it at the cage and it would like grate into a thousand pieces and the juice would go <laughs> like... That was what happened. That was a bit nicer than just full... <laughs> hard apples just you being launched traits back to your lesson with like picking an apple out your pockets <laughs> before Frubin was a thing oh mate Frubin was absolute rogue because no satisfaction like someone trying to get you and it backfiring on themselves Ex- exactly that was the thing you kind of took your life into your hands a little bit where you knew someone was getting fruit, you just didn't know who. <laughs> but it was the absolute nutcases that would whether you left the big pile of bags when you're all playing football, everyone threw their bags on a pile. And they'd run up to the pile, through the pile, and then run the gauntlet of everyone trying to fill them in for it. So it was kind of a lose-lose situation there. 
Um, Indonesia's Jurassic Park construction begins despite concerns. <laughs> Literally did not watch the film, did they? Did not <laughs> well, they keep up, they keep opening these um, like mummified tombs. Yeah, and it's like if there's a year not to do this, this is probably <laughs> the one. Imhotep from the Mummy coming back. We, Brendan Fraser won't save us again. <laughs> I saw someone on make this like a, a race thing. I don't see any of you doing this with like Henry VIII. I was like, are you aware <laughs> like, how different that is? <laughs> I'll just some more bones, head. <laughs> um, Pope Francis' account caught liking bikini models' racy picture on Instagram. Did you see this? No. The Pope just liked this random OnlyFans girl's account. And people are going off on one saying, like, the Pope's an ass man. <laughs> <laughs> Probably a bit old for the Pope. Oh, you'd, you'd think. <laughs> it can happen in a split second. Mum shares warning after son swallows 27 magnets. <laughs> <laughs> Blink and they're gone. <laughs> this catches him stuck to the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> Especially if it was them, uh, do you remember them oids things you used to get where you chuck them in the air and it makes the weird like zap noise as they come back together? Wasn't they were shaped. Thing... Go on. Wasn't the thing like don't put them in your pocket next to your phones, it'll kill your yeah. phone or something? Yeah. yeah. But if you have them and he's just making that weird noise every time he moves. Man sues drug dealer after smoking parsley for four years thinking it was weed. <laughs> <laughs> and finally well, if, go if on. he was getting if he was getting some sort of high off that then is there something that we all don't know because it worked for four years he's discovered a market um fight club in new york city with over two, with over 200 people is broken up by authorities <laughs> <laughs> like if they're like come on it's covid you know this <laughs> Can't be grouping like this, so not worry about the fight club. <laughs> We've had a couple of fight clubs on, on the pod through the years, the darkest being that one that was in the old people's home, TK. <laughs> that was upstairs, that was upstairs pod. Yeah, there was this old people's home and they were making like dementia patients scrap. Whoa. <laughs> Sensational. I won't repeat what I said at the time. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was just about to repeat what I, I think I was there I remember this alright so that is news of the week done so we do have sports to get into we aren't just going to chat about that all day so we'll start off international break we have to do an international style topic and we've moaned about Southgate enough I feel so <laughs> we'll go a different path here which nation has the deepest talent pool in world football? So not the best 11, the best talent pool in world football. Um, I guess a good place to start is with France. Mm. I was looking at alone their centre-back options. Longley, Kimpembe, Varane, Upamecano, Mtiti, Pavard can play there. That's at centre-back alone. Well, Laporte doesn't get played, does he? No. I mean, that's just mad. Isn't it? To, isn't it still to do with the Benzema situation? Didn't, isn't he just a victim of that? 
a victim, but yeah, how bad was it? <laughs> There's some <laughs> kind of crossover with um, why is an issue with him and the manager, but maybe Laporte's got some morals. <laughs> <laughs> Always gets me about that headline the one day in the middle of the World Cup that a couple of the players have tried staging a coup in the middle of the World Cup. <laughs> always that. France as well, and it's always someone yeah. like Nasri involved. Honestly, I'm France real. are just like one torn away from winning it and one <laughs> away from like civil war. Yeah. I, I remember watching that Anelka documentary and it goes through like the events of what happened. And it is brilliant. They have had some real characters in that squad. Mm. When you look Anelka, at the squad where they did, it's just it was destined to all go wrong. There was just too many of them in there. <laughs> you couldn't have all these guys in there. Anelka was like obviously a good striker in um, like our time growing up. If he was around today, he would be mega with how he's looked at. Because the, the talent pool of strikers, Morata's going for 50 million. Oh, Jesus. Anelka Anelka has everything. His actual goal record as well. I couldn't believe that the most games he played for a club team was at Chelsea. Trying to find staggering. Okay. You you think someone like uh, like Giroud is lauded for his playmaking ability and Anelka can do all of that as well as be your number one goal scorer as well. And he used to have pace. The pace. Yeah, pace to pace. I just want to get though. Yeah. This is the thing. Got pressed from the front. Like, you what? His attitude. If you had like him and Berber as your front line, <laughs> it's just all class and just nothing else. Um, I was looking at their their strike options as well, and they can have any combination of Mbappe, Griezmann, Giroud. You've got Martial there. You've got Ben Yedder, who I'm not sure how good he actually is outside of Ultimate Team, but he's a savage on there. And you, you even look at the young talents they've got coming through. Like they've got that um, player. I'm not sure how you you word it. The one um, Munchen Gladbach coming through, and then midfield you've got the likes of like Camavinga coming through, who's meant to be like a generational talent in midfield. Mm. And he's like 17 years old, and then you've still got that alongside the likes of Pogba, Kante. You've got the older statesman in Matuidi. You've got Sissoko in there. You've got Ndombele. Awa. It's just ridiculous, their team. And they can't even fit half of them in the squad. Yeah, and we're scratching around for the just defenders at the moment, playing yeah. defence. Well, is, we could have one of their centre-backs. So Eric Dyer would still probably start, but at least we'd have someone to bring up off the bench. <laughs> it is scary when you look at that team, because you just... It's like the Spanish team of 2010. You just don't see it declining. Yeah. You only see it getting better. Like they'll, they'll, pro- they'll play themselves. Will be the issue. That's it. I mean, isn't Mbappe still 19? Still quite young, isn't he? He's like 21, isn't he? And he's. I need to check how old he is because I think the, I think the commentators the other day. 98. He was born, so he's 21. He's 22 yeah. in December. Which is sickening when you think that he's up there in the Messi Ronaldo conversation and he's like not even 22 yet. Same. He's he's a savage. Um, other teams then, if if so, France. When I thought of the question, immediately came to my mind is that's mm. the, that's the deepest talent pool. 
Spain, obviously, we compare it to the team that they had, as you've just referenced, Jack. But mm. the centre-back options, as we've said again, PK, Inigo Martinez, Garcia, Hermoso, Pau Torres, Sergio Ramos, obviously, Mark Bartra in there. Azpilicueta can still do a job in there for them. That's just alone at centre-back. And then their midfield options, when it's not even like their golden generation of midfield anymore. You've still got like a combination of Thiago, you've got David Silva, Sabayos, Koke, Danny Olmo coming through. Rodrigo as well. Yeah, Asensio. Twitter seems to go back and forth on him. Like, I saw people the other day just saying he's trash. Yeah, I was, I was, when he burst onto the scene, that's what tends to happen, isn't it? If you don't, yeah, that savage, yeah, the savage injury. Yeah, I've seen a lot of people saying hasn't quite looked the same since he's just come back from. But he scored with his first touch back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's depressing, isn't it, going through all of these? Because the strike options for Spain are the issue, obviously. It's, yeah, it's that leading man, isn't it? Their leading man plays for Leeds, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Or well, doesn't got, play for Leeds a lot. It's yeah. a bigger issue. <laughs> the, last time they had, the last time they had one was... Um, uh, obviously, they did have Diego Costa, but that yeah. never really worked. Like David Villa before that was their last true one. Fernando Torres and Villa partnership, 2008 Euros. Yeah, um, and you think, years, you, think, you, you think about it and you think of the strikers that they had just in that little bit of time between when David Silva kind of moved on. They still had Negredo uh, and Soldado as options, but they never Sol- really worked. What? We're not mentioning Soldado. He, yeah, but this is prior to him coming to Tottenham. Like he, he, You've got to forget, he was one of the top strikers in the Liga before he came to Tottenham, and uh, he was up there with Negredo as well before he went to City. But they never seemed to do a job internationally. Put some respects on Nolito's name, who signed for City off the back of being touted there. City, Negredo, about him. just absolutely head emerging. It's like Murata towards the end of the Chelsea stitch. He couldn't score with his feet, but he put it on his head and it's going in the back of the net. <laughs> well, Germany were the, were the next team I was going to mention. And Spain, literally at that time, I've got by with going with a false nine when they need to, because they've had that many good midfielders that it's just not worth playing one of their strikers. In Germany, just look at their potential front line they can play now. Sané, Werner and Nabry. I was thinking that, yeah, not bad, is it? You've got Julian Brandt on the bench for them. It's going to sound outlandish. I was kind of thinking to myself that with, like you said, Brandt on the bench. And I was thinking, I don't know how much deeper it goes after that. You're talking about that. I mean, that's not bad going. No, no. These are just kind of the teams that spring to mind when you think of deep talent pools. I mean, France, I do think, is levels above because every other team we look at has issues. Again, when I first came to my mind, I was thinking, is it as deep as I was thinking? They seem to struggle at the back, though, because they're still playing Antonio Rudiger at the back, even though he can't play for Chelsea. Yeah, that's uh, not a great sign, is it? No. And I suppose, like, Jerome Boateng getting on a little bit. Oh, yeah, he's gone off a cliff as well. Kimmich is probably the standout, I would say. 
and he plays in midfield for Bayern these days. How old is Kimmich? He's he's like what, like twenty-seven maybe something like that. Because I saw the other day, like Goretzka. Twenty-five. Goretzka's only like twenty-five as well. Yeah. (laughs) Feels like they're like well established. Yeah, they're still a good age. I did enjoy um, Kimmich getting injured in the. Dortmund game as savage as that sound purely because it's always poetic when someone tries to go in and take someone else out and injure yeah. themselves in the process because <laughs> he tried that on Haaland on the halfway line he shrugged him off and then he was in a heap afterwards must be really embarrassing as well when you do that oh massively England so would you say England have a deeper talent pool than Spain and Germany. You know what? In, in terms of depth, I, I would say so. I, I don't yeah. think we've got some of the the peaks in talent that they've got. For example, if you were to look at say like Spain and say, I don't see anyone like Ansu Fati. Compared, no. You know, he looks like he could be the next guy. Mm. I wouldn't say we've got something like that. But the the level of depth we've got, even you know, getting on towards France, I don't think we've got the the level of talent they've got. But in terms of you yeah. go, say, like, four strikers deep. I don't think they could go as far as we could. No. That's true. It's, it's very consistent, above-average players. They're not, you wouldn't, like you said, they're not generational talents. But if, say, Kane got injured, you know that you've got, like, Calvert-Lewin, Rashford could play for the middle, potentially, if you wanted that. Like beg Vardy to come back. Got Danny Ings. Got Tammy Abraham. Like... I put him last in the queue, to be fair, but it's, but still, still, it's, a, it's a good job. Yeah, exactly. It benefits um, them that there's quite a clear way that the Spanish play. There's quite a clear way that the Germans play. And so coming through as a young talent, it, it must be so much easier to slot in because you've been training to play this role for the 10 years prior. Mm you're not going in and having to do something peculiar. And so maybe that is why some of these squads look better and it looks like they have more of a depth of talent, as you've mentioned, players like Rudiger. That's, because that's, there's, there's, it's easier for them. That's the thing, isn't it? Because it seems evident that what Southgate's trying to do is he thinks we can beat the lower teams like you Ireland's and Scotland and tr- maybe even Croatia now. But... He wants us to be hard to beat against the big teams because that's when we come unstuck. If we're going to win anything, we're going to need to be able to be tough to beat. And it's almost this kind of game plan at the moment is, right, let's make sure everything's pretty shored up and then just hope that someone out the front three does something. Scored Um, once in open play in the last five Nations League games. Exactly, and that's what I mean. We don't have a player doing that special something at the moment. Um, and we're leaking goals. Which I was going to say the, the problem is, with the three at the back is if it's not like this, we shored us up really. Yeah, exactly. Isn't it? That's the problem because if you're scoring goals and you're conceding loads, then at least you know that right. If we get better as a unit, those goals will suddenly start to be kept out. Whereas if you're not scoring goals and leaking goals, you've got double-ended problems there. The system doesn't work. Well, and every sorry. Oh, no, I was just, just going to say that we can have all the depth that we want, but if they're not playing in the right way, then what's the point? It's kind of like Grealish coming in, and he's 
was like the shining light yesterday night because he just did things that other players don't do, like take on players, try tricks, and just come out of that rigid kind of system that we've got at the moment. Evra spoke before, I think it was United West Ham, and he made a good point there that with um, when played the right way, um, five at the back is actually an attacking formation because the whole purpose of it is to have your left wing back and right wing back able to fully exploit the other end of the pitch, which is why it makes sense for England to use it mm. with the wing backs we have. I mean, it's it's like Spain with central midfielders, us with fullbacks at the moment. We've got yeah. them coming out of ears. And so when you have someone like Trent in your squad, where you have when you have a like to chill while Saka on the other side, it seems pretty obvious a formation to go for. But when you then do that and sit in deep, it defeats the whole purpose of having the wing backs. So Yeah. I don't know, but it's you're hundred percent right, because you think that if if we can just get either Trent or James or Chiwell or Saka right at the pitch, delivering balls into your front three, which is and Kane spearheading that, you would back yourself to put a few of them away. Um but we just don't it's so weird how bad our players look when playing for England. Well, we'll carry on because I think we could spend an age on there, Southgate there. So, yeah. so the next question I had was where we spoke about Spain. Where does Sergio Ramos rank among the best centre backs of our lifetime? So, he just hit a hundred goals for Real Madrid, which is ridiculous as it is. Mm. Um, four Champions League trophies, four La Liga titles. Um, he's been in the FIFA World Eleven nine times. Champions League squad of the campaign four times, 26 red cards in that time. <laughs> um, the most capped Spanish player ever. He's one of the top 10 goal scorers for the Spanish national team, which is mental when you look at the names that have been playing for in that red shirt. Um, the youngest European footballer to 100 caps. Is he the best of our generation? I think you could make a case for me the best ever. When you look at what he's won with World Cup, Euros, goals, if he wasn't so erratic and not just the fucking nutcase that got sent off so often, if he, if he didn't have that, then you would definitely say he's probably the, one of the best ever. I, I think we got to remember with him is obviously he spent a large amount of his career at a right-back position as opposed to centre-back, which is a significant thing to remember. But in all honesty... I are going to be inclined to agree with Jack because he is probably one of the most longest serving players of our generation that we've seen that you could certainly make an argument for getting in the world X one year in, year out. Like you, you, you know, he's, he must be one of the most trophied players of the highest level to have played the game. Surely. Well, the, the idea, I guess, for people that make the case of him, being the goat of our generation is that we've not seen a defender in our lifetime have a similar have a similar impact to him at both ends of the field, both in defence and attack. I mean, there was the meme for a while where you'd have any situation and they would just put Sergio Ramos coming in at the back stick in stoppage time <laughs> to to score a winner, as we saw in the Champions League final. <laughs> and that that's the argument for people that that do say that as a pure defender, I'm not sure he's the guy, but 
his goals are essentially what are putting him in the conversation, I think. And then the fact um, that he is reliable at the other end props it up enough. Yeah, I, I, I don't. Go on, I, I don't. I, I don't. I don't think that, in all fairness, because he's the entirety of his career, he's always played in Spain, and we don't really associate, especially the top sides in Spain, Spain. Um, their defences as being some of the best defences we've even see, ever seen, even at their peak. I mean, Barcelona um, at their absolute peak uh, when Pep was in there, we didn't really associate their defence as being potentially the best we've seen. It was just their team collective as a whole and the way that they played was superb, if that kind of makes sense. It was more of, it was the way that their defensive lineup linked up with the rest of the play in the midfield and then to the forward positions. I think it was because... One, they never really had to defend because they were really never put under any pressure. It was everyone sat in against them, even Real Madrid. And you're right as well that it was the whole team that defended. It wasn't just the defence. Whereas you see a lot of defences get isolated, like Man United and Chelsea and stuff like that. And then that's where they make make the uh, mistakes. Whereas they used to sit on the halfway line. And if they hadn't won the ball back by midfield, it was an anomaly. Um, so it's not, they never really got put under that much pressure. But if you look at that team, you've still got what, Jordi Alba, PK, Puyol just before he left, and then Dani Alves. So you would probably still say it's one of the best defences ever. Um, what, TK? Oh, sorry. Yeah, no. Dani Alves? Dani Alves played for Barcelona. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Sorry, I thought you were talking about the Spanish national team for a sec. No, 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 I was talking about Barcelona. Right, sorry. I don't know how we ended up with the Barcelona yeah, team. You took, yeah, that's, that's, I, I couldn't work out because we've ended up in Barca, but obviously he's at Madrid, or he's in yeah. Spain, but then Dani Alves doesn't play for Spain. I'm no, I, I, I lost I my head. It's the point that... Alex leading us down the garden path. It was, it was the I point. had a good point to make as well, and you guys have taken... I ain't got a fucking clue what I was going to say. <laughs> Not a clue. It, it, was, it was the point... My point was is that he... It, the the accusation is that he's defensively never really been that good. But my point was right, that who's right. made that accusation in the league in the league that he was in in the team that he was playing in he that wasn't really required because of the strength of the squad and the way that they got played. It. And Jack said he didn't that, have to do a lot of defending because of the, the way he played, etc., etc. I got you. But that was about the Barca team. We're we're on about Sergio Ramos. Yeah, yeah. I know, but the Barcelona was bought in. A, Comparison because obviously yeah, at, yeah, yeah. The point at their peak, you consider their defensive lineup as some of the best. But in the same way, you wouldn't consider them best defensively. You never talk if, about their defenders. You always talk. Yeah, about if you were to take if you were to take them individually out of that squad and put them, in, let's say, a Premier League side. So come back to you, at TK. Well, I, I would say you said um, you would question whether other defenders would be put forward ahead of him and that whether, whether his goals are making a difference. I do think last season has swayed people's mind a bit with that. And so I don't think his goals were being referenced before last season, where it was a standout year. He got, obviously got into double figures. No, I mean, um, just hitting 100 goals is, I think, having an impact at both ends of the field is probably what is pushed him to being spoken about as one of the best ever. That just seems odd to me. I, just, I, there's, there's defenders in the list who, if they never scored a goal in their life, are still having in their head of it. That's what I'm I, saying. I'm saying that's why he's in. That's why he's in that conversation. Do you think that's it though? I, I don't think you just stay 
in the conversation by scoring goals, of which last year was the only one where he hits double figures in the league, anyway. I consider John Terry more of a goal threat than Ramos, generally, for example, and a better defender. Well, I, I, I'd agree because. Better defender. He, what, Terry? Overall. He's a much better defender than Ramos. If you he? want. If you have, if you can have Terry or Ramos in your team, you're having Terry. Yeah, yeah, every day of the week. I'm Ramos sure. is too rash. He's very, very good, but he's also got that commodity that is priceless. He does get lucky in a lot of games, and he's he's good athletically and quick, but he doesn't have the position that Terry's got. Don't think he's as dominant as the air. I think they're both good leaders. I just think Terry knows the position a lot better than him. The statistics for. Real Madrid with and without Ramos would suggest that he is obviously bringing a lot to the de- bringing a lot to the defense. I'm not sure you're suggesting otherwise in in that sense, but I mean, it it does show that he obviously is a top class defender. I'd say um, it, interesting that you sort of brought Terry in as a comparison. I think they're both stand out in what they do, not just because of maybe what their goal goal threat is, but and their defensive capabilities, but often in a centre-back position, it's often associated with the captaincy and the leadership role on the pitch. And I'd say that Sergio Ramos has been one of the best leaders and certainly mm. captains on the pitch that we've seen of this generation. Yeah. Yeah, that is a big feather in his cap. I mean, the, the three that came to mind for me initially is the ones that would be in the conversation were Maldini, Cannavaro and Nesta. Yeah, I've, I've got all three of those ahead of him. For the same and reason then, as Terry, all all better in the position than him, I think. Where would you wanna, put Terry in that list? Start interest. I was avoiding that because I, t- I didn't want one the Terry debate and two, <laughs> my thoughts on where he'd be placed would probably mean we'd be going on for a quite a while longer. The only thing I will say is with it, Maldini's probably the best defender I've ever seen, and yet he spent most of his career playing at left back, which a lot of people do overlook. Yeah. He didn't move to centre-back to the last few years of his career. Now he did very well. So, Sergio Ramos played right back until Mourinho came along. Yeah. So, you know, that's... In terms of when we're, you know, making like-for-like like comparisons, I, I would have, for example, I'd have Puyol ahead of Ramos and Piquet as well. And Piquet? What, Piquet ahead of Ramos? Just, that's a stretch. That's a stretch. I, I would have him. I think... I would. I think Poyol is the most likable of the three, but I would. I would have Sergio Ramos ahead uh, Poyol and uh, PK. I've got to ask. I've got to ask the question, TK, for uh, everyone at home. How much has the Salah incident affected your take on Sergio Ramos? <laughs> no, I, I never quite. I never quite got why certain. Maybe I'm answering my own question. Why some Liverpool fans took that so personally? Yeah, I may have, like I said, may have answered my own question. <laughs> he, he kind of is what he is, isn't he? A little bit like, you know, on the other end of the pitch, Suarez, Costa and stuff are. So I, I didn't. I just, I think he's very, very good. I just don't know if, if say, right, we've got a game tomorrow, can have defenders. I'd have, like you said, Nesta, Maldini, Cannavaro ahead of him. I'd have Terry ahead of him. I think as a pure defender, I'd have Vidic ahead of him. I think Ferdinand's in the conversation. Well, if if I ask you a similar, 
PK. Um, if I ask you a similar question to what I asked um, Connor when we spoke about Declan Rice, and if I put it on the Premier Premiership, who's the best centre back in in the Premiership and not just current that you would still put Sergio Ramos ahead of? The, the best oh I would hang on let TK answer first okay did you say ever you didn't just have to say current yeah yeah ever yeah Carvalho you think that <laughs> I think he's very I think Carvalho's very good and probably gets underrated a little bit but I, I you know I'm going to have it, I'm going to struggle to make a case that he's better than Ramos but I, I think he would be the the best that I would have um, him ahead of people. People aren't going to like it. I think as a defender, Van Dijk is better than Ramos. I don't think he's. I think the odds are he'll never have the career that Ramos has had. But I think if you say to me, "There's a game tomorrow, prime Van Dijk, prime Ramos," I'll take Van Dijk. I think he can do everything a little bit better. I think we are being somewhat harsh on his defensive abilities. He's he's not like as much as there is a mistake there, and his disciplinary record shows that. We're not talking about a Mustafi type player here in, in he is obviously a very good defender just yeah, I'm, in terms yeah, of the levels you're saying on the, on the off chance Sergio abilities. is listening you're very very good this isn't <laughs> a uh, this is not me he's no, no, discussing I mean, the, the elite so that's, it's, that's of, it's my fine margin isn't it yeah that's sometimes we, we can go too too much to one way I just well, a little bit to, like if we do the, you know the Gerald Lampard's goals thing we basically do the uh Lampard couldn't defend for shit. Uh, Skulls couldn't run. So we get overly critical when it's not 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 meant to be. But when you obviously, it's kind of fine minutiae, isn't it, between all of them? I, I do wonder if, for example, if you put inserted Ramos into that Liverpool team, which was chaotic at the back prior to Van Dijk's arrival, would he have, for example, changed that? Or would he have added to the cat? I don't think he would have had the impact, for example. That Van Dijk would have. I think he take it's that worked well for Hendo. Madrid. Sorry? Does he take that captaincy off Hendo? Probably demands it, doesn't he? I, I do think it's been fortunate for Madrid where it has been kind of uh, shaped around it. What, what are you talking then? Of our lifetime, top five, top 10, 15, 20, 50? I think top 10. Most, he's the most capped uh, Europe's... Uh, he's the most capped international in uh, in Europe. I told you that. Did you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I just think as centre-backs, I do just think there's there's been some that are as good on the ball as him and solid enough at the back where they're just, essentially, like you said, it's not that Senni's terrible, it's that, that little bit of kind of being erratic just makes him fall down a little bit short with some of the other ones. But I think he's got to be top 10, I think. If you take away his goal, we have in this conversation. Yeah, so I still think so. Yeah. But I think his, his goals also, help sorry. push him a bit higher. I also wonder, for example, had he... Uh, for example, if you put him in one of these Arsenal teams in the last few years, do you think he'd be standing out as unbelievably good? Or do you think he'd be a good defender in a, a half-decent team that concedes a few? A better version of... with a lot of our players, though. A lot but, of the players on that list. I'm, I'm not confident if you put someone like Rio Ferdinand in one of those mm-hmm. teams that they yeah. change it. Yeah, maybe. 
I have him around the John Terry level below the Sol Campbell level. I would have Sol Campbell as better than him for, for what it's worth. He's he's probably he's probably top. He's Which definitely top ten. Maybe I don't have him top ten. <laughs> I, I have him. I mean, I have him. I'm in top ten for sure. It's just how high in that top ten. We, I guess we're in agreement. He's not the best ever, unless Jack is going to say he was because he was the one mentioned best ever. Mm. I wouldn't say he's the best ever, but I would say he's in the conversation definitely. I don't think we need top. three guesses to say your best ever. Yeah, I've got a feeling he's basically stopped the best ever <laughs> put, for one I'll reason. I'll put in my top, top five. I'll put in my top five. I thought he would. I thought Ramos would have charmed you, Alex. He has. I, I'd have him in my top five comfortably. What would your top five be out of curiosity, then, gents? Uh, I'm putting you on the spot a bit there, I realise. Not trippier. The Italian boys, the the Italian boys that you mentioned, I think are all in there. I chuck Ramos in there. Um, I, I'm going to chuck Terry in there as well. Terry gets in top five. I'm going Nesta, um, Cannavaro, Maldini, Terry, Ramos, Van Dijk. That's top six. Yeah. <laughs> What, Van Dyke gets in there already. Van Dyke in your top five, sheesh. I, th- I think no, top. He's sixth in the top six. He's brilliant. Like, I think that's a bit. No, no disrespect. No disrespect to Van Dyke, but that's a bit premature. I think. Well, we'll, we'll have the I, Van Dyke debate I, another day. We'll yeah, go down that I, path. I mean, at the end of the day, it was going to be between that. That the sixth place is, up, is a toss-up between Vidic, Ferdinand, Van Dyke, and probably Carvalho. Really, when you look Christ. at it. So oh, no, you wouldn't. Sol Campbell is criminal. I mean, so, no, at, the, at the end of the day, Terry and Terry and Carvalho conceded 15 goals in one season. That's ridiculous. That's so amazing. you're definitely. So you're definitely in the camp of picking Ramos over Poyle and PK then. Yeah, I would say so personally. I think PK, if you put them under pressure, they do not like it. Whenever I've seen Barcelona put under pressure, it's usually PK that folds. In the same way we what, would mark what, Ramos up for his goals, do we mark um, PK up for Shakira? <laughs> Definitely. I, I think that's probably fifty percent of his uh, yeah. appeal, to be honest. And that weird uh, thing where he used to cut the nets off the goalposts. I, I tell you, I, I tell you what, um, I'm, I know he played centre back a little bit towards the very towards the twilight, but uh, Philip Lahm. No, nah, he's always a right back. Yeah, I think pretty left back. Or a holder mid. Yeah, I don't know if it's it's out of order for me and overlooking it, but I didn't quite realise how many goals um, Kuman had scored in his career until I was doing my research for this yesterday. Yeah, his was nuts. 193 goals, and he scored screamers as well. 193 goals. Yeah. Fucking hell. That's mental. <laughs> I, w- I will say as well, my comparisons with Ramos is kind of some of these guys I'm saying I think are better defenders sort of at their best. One thing Ramos I will say for longevity, he blows almost everyone out of the water. 
He has yeah. been unbelievable for a long period of time. Because I would say that he's better than PK now. And he's been a constant of just being brilliant for years and years. Which I think a lot of these guys that I've said weren't. I think in our memory, maybe they were. Or, or for, for example, Van Dyke, you know, he might, but the odds are against that he would have that sort of longevity. So in that respect, I do think Ramos is right up there. Yeah. All right. If we move on then, so which players have surprised you with how much their ability changed from their first impression? Probably worded that horribly. Essentially, the players where your, your, your first time you watch them or your first kind of short spell of seeing them, you can't believe the player they then went on to be, whether that be good or bad. Good one to start with... Um, Aaron Ramsey and this was probably where Piers Morgan per- first started to be notorious as his Arsenal fan <laughs> on Twitter <laughs> with the abuse he was sending Ramsey each and every week and a lot of Arsenal fans had this for a period of time after Ramsey's 2013-14 season where everything he touched just turned to gold if you didn't rate him two seasons ago when you really couldn't believe the player that he went on to be because he was god awful and then maybe you put that down to injuries or his development or whatnot because obviously he's gone on to be one of the better box-to-box midfielders in the world today at least he's an interesting one as well isn't he because he's kind of had the good and bad on that because bearing in mind obviously he broke into that Cardiff team as a 17 year old and everyone was tipping him for stardom and then you probably couldn't believe how bad he was for a spell at Arsenal. And then after that, you couldn't believe how good he became. So he kind of, yeah. he was the ultimate seesaw. I think the one that sticks out in my mind is Serge Nabry. Not good enough for West Brom. But now, the, the, absolutely tearing it up. You, you wouldn't know that about Twitter, would you? Not good enough for West Brom. Well, this is where Every I would say goes. there, his, history has been somewhat rewritten in that the eye test with him, he did pass with flying colours. He, he he broke into the Arsenal first team and was playing very well. He's got a goal against Swansea in the pouring rain. I think we won it 1-0. He scored it late on. And then he got this horrible injury. And he was one of them where every time he thought he was coming back from injury, he'd get another niggle and so on. And Arsenal, I mean, now they reshaped their entire structure in terms of uh, loans and how they demand the payment from them they, they essentially the athletic called it a dragon's style den dragon's den style pitching in that they get the clubs to come in and pitch to uh, ben napper arsenal's loan manager and the player and show this is where we'll play you this is how we play this is how you fit in kind of thing because of how horribly the nabry deal went went to West Brom with Tony Pulis. I'm sure we'd probably been better off staying at Arsenal with the facilities they have and getting him back to full fitness. And His confidence was so shot to bits after that. I think we offered him a deal, but he wanted first-team football right there and then obviously went out, had the agreement with Wolfsburg that essentially the second he started doing well, he would go to Bayern Munich. (laughs) We had had a work over there. And it paid off. But with, with him, it was never one where he looked bad to anyone other than probably Tony Pulis. Because every time he played for us, at least, he, he did look brilliant. 
Yeah. Now, Iwobi is one where he actually did look brilliant at first. <laughs> and then you can't quite believe what he went on to be. I was repping him on my shirt when he was doing the um, big four five celebration, doing the machine gun after he runs down. I was all on board. Uh, those moments decided to fade out more and more and more. <laughs> you must have seen some stinkers for Liverpool, TK. You maybe got you excited at first. Yeah, I think we covered half of them on the transfers one, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The one one that was immediately came to my mind, I've referenced it on the pod before, was if you told me when he was on loan at Cheltenham that Mikel Antonio would be a Premier League player, <laughs> I'd have probably got your section there and then. I mean, he was dreadful. He was non-league ready to happen. So I, I can't fathom that. So I'm glad for him. He does seem like a lovely fella. Um, Other way around, yeah. what about Jordan Ibe? Sorry. Yeah, Probably yeah. Finished. <laughs> Just... He can like he can add Adnan Yanazai to that as well. Well, people were tweeting with um, Jordan Ibe like, "This is why we didn't need Raheem Sterling because Did he scored you? he scored a peach in pre-season, didn't he?" People were saying he's a ready-made replacement. Like, yeah, oh, that's and he's just been released on a free from Bournemouth. I said before Lazar Markovic at first <laughs> I thought could have something dreadful. I go Aspas the other way around. Who'd you say, sorry? Aspas. Aspas is... Did he ever look good? Well, he, well, he's... he was top scorer, one of the top scorers in our league last year. Yeah, I'm going to say, if you look at either side of it, he's done really well to Spain, but Christ, he looked dreadful. He's playing up front for Spain as well. I, you, the you first player that came to my mind when you said this was I Kane... I never thought Kane would go on to be like this. I know he was terrible way. until he wasn't. Yeah, yeah, but that, that's what I mean. You thought if somebody at that point had told you he would go on to be this world class striker or score X amount each year, you'd have just you know. You've got to put it down to Sherwood, haven't you? The influence of Sherwood. Well, we've we've given him his due credit. Not everyone is so keen to. Yeah. Um, so Diego I'll, Fallout I'll... at United. Oh, that's. Yeah, that's a great shout. I cannot believe you've just done that. Forlan. Forlan is my boy, and he was on my list. <laughs> well, United, then. I've, 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 still got a, I've still got a fan montage of Forlan at the World Cup in South Africa saved on my YouTube favourites list. <laughs> I think the phrase, commit a barn door with a banjo. <laughs> and then goes to Aleti and tears it up. Yeah. There's some embarrassing ones with Arsenal where new signing fever does take over. Like for about a month, we were celebrating what a great deal we had with 35 million for Mustafi. <laughs> I think we had three clean sheets in his first four games. We were like, this is the guy. There, there's a there's a clip on uh, AFTV of them saying, look look at Liverpool paying. Out for Van Dyke, and we get him for thirty-five million. Oh God! <laughs> um, so I've so I've got I've got one, and it's probably going to be <laughs> so. Not saying that he achieved massive heights or anything like that, but from pretty much the first day that you saw him play football, 
you must I think everybody was in the camp of thinking everything about you tells me that you should probably be terrible at playing football but Peter Crouch I mean <laughs> like considering how long he sort of played at the top flight for in the in, in England and sort of to watch him go go from those early stages to go and play in the Champions League score against AC Milan you know it's we've seen him do pretty impressive stuff I still don't think it changed when you watched him, though. He still looked like yeah, 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 doing just about everything wrong, but right, obviously. And I suppose you could give a special mention, like you could give a, I say, a special mention, but a, a, like a obvious mention out to the likes of Gareth Bale before all of a sudden he yeah, decides to yeah, like that sudden that sudden swerve to head in the completely opposite direction, that potential loan move out to Birmingham, and then to go and bursting out into the Champions League. I mean, that's a hell of a swerve. So. He would him going from left back to being one of the best left side foot left forwards in the world. You just got a friend people with Birmingham, it turns out. <laughs> that's, that, yeah, that's it. That's Javinho scored two goals in his first 10 minutes at Arsenal. Then, first game of the season, um, bullied Joey Barton. <laughs> and then, downhill from there, as I've said with others. I was genuinely convinced after one slide tackle that Arsenal had their new Vieira in uh, Emmanuel Frimpong. There's a couple of uh, shouts of stay dench. Him saying soft with the ladies, hard with the men as a catchphrase doesn't age well. <laughs> Was he as bad as he ended up being? Sort of like yeah, he was. He he, <laughs> he he was he was all effort, which is why you can't hate a player like that. Yeah, because it's really not their fault. Same with Carl Jenkinson, who I I don't think was as bad as is made out, but you couldn't ever criticise because he really was giving his all. But yeah, Frimpong, I think got through by being Welsh's mate, and being a, a tough cookie as they say yeah fair. I think my, one, the, one, the one that sticks out for me is Gail Kakuta I don't know if you remember him he's one of the yeah. reasons why you got we, were supposed, we were supposed to get a transfer ban back in 2010 supposed to be the 17 year old wonder kid and it just was crap <laughs> and, we, <laughs> and we risked so much on him <laughs> And we got done because we bought his parents a house or something stupid. Well, it was a bit nicer um, than what you do with Mikel, where saying these kids are going to get sent back home if you don't sign with us and we'll give them uh, contracts. What? This is a legit story. No, it's, why is it, it's the first I've heard of it. We've it's awful. I mention it, every, well. I mention it every single time. No, During the battle with United for John Obi Mikel, you brought these other Nigerian trialists in and you told him if you sign with us, We'll give them deals too, and that's what got it over the line. That's that's a nice thing, surely. As Did you give, to, give, you sign with United, and, and they're going back. No, I, don't, I think you've got to focus on the positives there, where we've helped, <laughs> we've helped poor Nigerians to help improve their lives, and by and was, a, neg- a negative slant on things with that blood hmm. money. I think if you play for Chelsea, you should legit refuse the money because it's blood money. <laughs> <laughs> Ethically. 
Any more players before we move on? Uh, I've got one because they so they used confidence when they came onto the scene um, and looked to see looked to be like they had like every trait you wanted, particularly for the Premier League, but ultimately went on to not really live up to expectation in a team that desperately needed something like that. Nicholas Bentner. How did his ability change from when you first saw him to afterwards? <laughs> I think everybody sort of saw him as potentially going to be this new big thing at Arsenal in particular, and then it just went downhill year after year. Didn't really go downhill. Uh, kind of did. Ability-wise. It he's, did got, from an... he's, got a, he's got a decent record in the Premier League. What, 45 goals in 171 games? Look at your, look at your sets of strikers. That's better than Lucas Moura. Lucas Moura is not a striker. He isn't putting up the he goals. Even he does play through the middle. And also, Lucas Moura has definitely contributed more to Tottenham than Bentner did in his entire career. Well, Bentner did quite a lot for Tottenham. <laughs> Scored a couple of great goals against him. I think the fact yeah. you've entertained a Lucas Moura Bentner debate says more about Moura than it does about Bentner. I haven't entertained it at all. I found it farcical. Any more before we move on to our final topic? No, sir. Okay. So, Tony Cruz and Pierre Emerick Aubameyang have been engaging in back and forth um, at the end of last week. Very weird, out of nowhere. Um, Tony Cruz does an interview and he says, essentially, I'm just trying to get the exact quote. Um, he he criticised Aubameyang over his nonsense goal celebrations. <laughs> he said, if there are rehearsed dances or choreographies, I find it very silly. Aubameyang once celebrated, took out a mask. That's where it ends with me. I don't think that's a good role model either. So I don't know what the role model thing is. Yeah, that was the bit I found real weird. Anyway, Aubameyang saw it and he first of all said, look, I'm going to make sure this is an actual Tony Cruz quote before I respond to you because there's a lot <laughs> I've got to say. Tony Cruz confirms, yep, yeah, this is absolutely what I'm saying. I'm ready for that smoke. And then Aubameyang starts asking if Tony Cruz has kids, which took a weird turn, and then said, look, he does those goal celebrations for his kids he likes to bring some fun to the game and that he needs to grow up really uh, and have a bit of fun he then started posting celebrations saying uh, this is for Tony Cruz's kids in his mask and then Ertzel came out of uh, well social he's a social justice warrior these days Ertzel <laughs> so he popped up to say uh, that Bamiang's in the right and he's the greatest with a little Black Panther gif. So I've said all that to say. Any issue with extravagant goal celebrations? So I, I, I'm going to go out to bat. I'm going to go out to bat here for Bamiyang. I really do think that there is enough sort of censorship in the game nowadays to the point of where like, like there's like players walking around covering their mouths, managers not allowed to talk. Um, but if you're sort of lambasting a player like Aubameyang or any player whatsoever for having a little bit of fun, go in a, go in a bit extra with any of the celebrations, it's just pathetic. 
I, I don't know if there's something that's happened before between them that this is what it's like that is what it's really about like maybe maybe Aubameyang should have just responded with Takus what's this really about what's what's this really about because I, I really I really don't get it I, I just the game I just died pathetic. when they stopped letting players lift their shirt over their head the most iconic goal celebration ever simply lifting your shirt over your head and running around like mental and they stopped that you're so disrespectful disrespect- what do they want people to do in the air there. Shearer's goal celebration is not more iconic than lifting your shirt over your head. <laughs> my my favourite celebrations ever are the ones where it's like a 90th minute winner, chaos is raining, the players jump into the crowd, the crowd surges forward, everyone's having an absolutely extra large with chips. And <laughs> that, you yeah, get booked for it. I, I just hate it. It's just the worst thing you can do. It's like the passion for the game, especially when the fans are allowed back in the stadium. There's nothing better, even if it's against your team, just seeing fans in players getting involved in a celebration. It's just one of what one of mine of most like recent times is a middle like a fuck the media one is Wayne Rooney after the box. And he did the boxing and then did the knockout at the end in the corner. That's an extravagant oh. celebration. I mean, in fairness, that, when I started reading it first, before Aubameyang went back, I was actually agreement, in agreement with Tony Cruz because he started it by going at Griezmann, <laughs> saying he was doing childish Fortnite dances. And after Griezmann scored in stoppage time against Arsenal and did the Fortnite dance right in front of the end I was sat in, I did completely agree. <laughs> But so, so it's just because it's another player in another team. No, I'm, I'm joking there. I, I think him saying he doesn't want the dances and he doesn't want the masks and things, I think it brings something to it. I used to quite like when you'd have the, the groups of African players, a particular team, whether it was Arsenal, Chelsea, whoever it was, and they'd have their little dances they do uh, when the team scores. I know Adebayor had some good ones with their song and Dubuwe and whoever else. Adebayo's oh, best one. I'm all for it. I'm all for it. TK, any issue with an extravagant goal celebration? Nah, Tony Cruz just been a little bitch, wasn't he? <laughs> the, uh, we say all the time with the NFL when they get like, them for um, their over-the-top over celebration yeah. or for taunting or whatever. Taunting. <laughs> just outrageous when you consider what you can do in that sport and <laughs> that's supposedly <laughs> supposedly too much incredible like, you, like there is nothing in football that's better than either the away team player shushing the home crowd or someone jumping into their fans like after a big equalizer or winner um getting involved with the opposition benches something like that um, my favourite one is obviously on FIFA when you could just shush all the way back to the halfway line and make him skip it. Which Cruz doesn't mind that, I'm sure. Adolf Cruz <laughs> was trending on Friday. Believe me. So, I mean, <laughs> if you're blonde and German, I think unfortunately that's going to be an easy target. Rude Van Istroy and uh, Thierry Henry have had a good comeback ones where they've been riled before and answered them perfectly. 
Yeah, uh, I think uh, Omri today. Yeah, Thierry Omri with I can't yeah. remember it was against uh, Chris Kirkland against Wigan. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, it. And that then obviously excellent. and Ruben Van Destroy being hounded, and then uh, after missing the penalty, and then putting one in and going up and doing the subtle like the, yay in the face. The international one wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Going back to the masks and things, a lot of this the first time we would have seen Aubameyang would have been him doing the uh, Batman and Robin celebration with um, Marco Royce mm. where he had the Batman mask, Marco Royce had the one across his eyes and him doing the Spider-Man masks and so that's got his name out there and got him to be part of the star that he was even before he came to the Premier League Right, I remember when we had Matai Kesman and Iron Robin playing and whenever they would score Kesman would get like a Batman like eye mask thing and stick it on, like Kesman and Robin. Well, a good celebration really can lift a goal tenfold. Like the Rooney goal against City is as notorious for the celebration as it is the goal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah, the Henri the, the celebration against uh, Spurs, where he did the slide, is what was then cast in bronze and is a statue outside the stadium. And it really can elevate it. And I don't know if Tony Cruz just wants us all jumping around because he played in the team with Ronaldo let's not forget and he did that ridiculous celebration so I don't say someone must have just annoyed annoyed him that day the fellow took his shirt off when it was 4-1 in a cup final yeah I think one of my favourites has to be Messi holding his shirt up to the Bernabeu with his name showing I would have thought Tony Cruz was just a guy that didn't really care about anything. That was the impression I got, at least from the way that he played. Yeah. He was just a relaxed guy, and obviously he I, just got I, a lot of pent-up anger. Yeah, I wondered if this was kind of lifted out of, I don't know if out of context is right, but made to look like a bigger deal than it was, and it's escalated. Because I, I got the same impression about him, to be honest. Well, he Because he responded again after, obviously, Aubameyang's taken to Twitter, and as soon as Ertzel gets involved, you're finished, because his Twitter followers aren't ones to mess with. <laughs> and they said, how do you feel? Meza Ertzel come into Aubameyang's uh, defence and he said, uh, with people, nothing surprises me anymore. And that, that's the end of his interview. Like so, Something proper deep has happened. <laughs> like he's in a mic drop situation. Everyone's like, oh, I can't believe it. If anyone, I, I did think Jack might have had an issue with the uh, masks and things, but it sounds like that's not an issue. No, no, I'm all for it. I think, uh, um, obviously, there was a crackdown. Well, they started with the NFL over in the States. They had to crack down a little bit on, put some rules in to stop players from doing too many different things. Like you had guys... I think there was one that sticks to mind. I um, can't remember which team it was and who it was that did it, but they picked a mobile phone that was stashed out at the um, in the end zone. Um, <laughs> it's picked a mobile it was phone. The Steelers, out, I think. Yeah, as a prop for the celebration, and they since then they sort of had to clamp down on what it is that players can and cannot do for these celebrations because it has become a real kind of thing over there. Yeah, it's uh, it's mental, but. There we go. As I always ask, so um, I'll ask Alex and TK. Me and Jack will be back on Movie Madness this Friday, and we have John Wick against Deadpool. 
So, Alex, what's your pick there? Uh, so I, I have not seen John Wick. Um, so I, I'm going to have to... Yeah, I know. I haven't Alex, watched right it. Alex, your street? It, it is. And I'm, I, it, I am going to watch it. But I know the dog at the start. Don't, don't I don't want to talk about it. All right, let's not talk about <laughs> it. I may have to skip that part. Um, but yeah, I I've heard some really good things about John Wick, so it is inevitable. I am going to have to watch it. Um, I've got trilogy to look forward to now, so I'm going to have to just sort of take a step away because I can't. I haven't seen them both. Well, I know you've heard a lot of good things about John Wick, but if we go to TK next, TK, um, <laughs> Deadpool or John Wick? Yeah, I'm. I'm not a huge John Wick fan. I will go back and watch it to see because I feel like I'm missing something the way people talk about it. Um, as an action film, it probably is actually better than Deadpool in terms of Deadpool. Obviously, trying to be a bit funnier as well. But I, I did enjoy Deadpool, so I'll go with that. As I as I said, I'm not the biggest John Wick fan. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the rewatch later this week i won't get your thoughts now jack because we've got a thursday to get into but yep so next week will be our last episode before we get into our uh, christmas coverage i think so next week 23rd week after is the last day of november so we may well start our christmas coverage then so what we're going to have is we're going to have one to two guests we'll see how we go the first week we're going to come on and each week we're going to share their stories of their best Christmas presents, the worst Christmas parties they've been to and everything. And it'll all come down to then our final episode where looking like we'll have to do it virtually uh, with how times are these days. Uh, But we'll still have our big Christmas episode, which will be on the 21st of December. So plenty to look forward to, plenty to get into. But for now, short pod for the international break and I think that just about does us unless anyone has anything else to say I do really like Sergio Ramos it's nothing personal (laughs) (laughs) you don't want him turning up at your house and just going nuts I don't want that smoke well on that note then thanks again for listening we'll be back goodbye